Hey everybody. Hey, 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 Welcome back to another episode of the Sex Talk. It's season five. Yo, this season has been so much fun. And I hope you guys are, have been having so, as much fun as I've been having. Um, learning as much as I've been learning, etc. etc. I feel like we really kicked it we really kicked it up okay we really kicked it up a notch here in season five not just me not just the team not just the you know what i'm saying but y'all too you know what i'm saying like um all the conversations i've been having with folks and people who have been reaching out and dming me on instagram and um and everything and just talking about the sex talk and what we're learning here Y'all are much appreciated. I can't say it enough. I have so much gratitude in my heart for y'all because like I always say, I can't have the conversation without you. And the conversation doesn't stop here. It keeps going and going and going and going and going going and going and going and going and going. Anywho, I'm your host, Sunny. I'm 29. My pronouns are she, her. I identify as queer. I'm black, African-American. And my relationship to today's topic is... I personally value non-sexual intimacy and I want to know more about it and more ways that I can understand my own issues with intimacy because I still have issues with intimacy in certain ways and others, you know what I'm saying? Because in order to be in relationship with folks, you have to understand them. You have to get to know them. You have to build relationship with them. You have to build intimacy with them. And so I want to start off by saying that this is not about um romantic uh or sexual intimacy only now i will talk about those things but you 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 should know by now that i got you these these notes are good they they're really good and um i'm excited i'm excited to share them i'm excited to um hear what you guys think about them and all that good stuff but today we're going to be talking about non-sexual intimacy before we get into the notes i want to say thank you to everybody who have uh streamed shared and participated in every episode every post all that good stuff and everybody who supported the sex talk um thus far since day one even if you tapped in recently everybody who's tapped into the sex talk i appreciate you thank you to all the guests that have come and thank you to uh the guests who are on their way uh, we're gonna have a really great time if you want to support the sex talk um please feel free to do so uh if you want to send a monetary gift um, we take cash up and Venmo at tst tv 143 again that's tst tv 143 and if you don't have cash app or venmo and you want to do another uh channel of gifting monetarily uh just email me us or dm us on instagram twitter facebook wherever you need to find us and all that good stuff um so yeah and continue to engage with our posts and share our content and encourage your peers to follow our social media platforms and things like that you are going to want to be locked in and loaded and paying attention because at the end of season five, I'm going to be sharing some really great news and you're going to want to be in, in, in you're going to want to be around for it. Okay. 
So stay tuned. Um, and also, uh, oh, it just slipped my mind. I was about to tell y'all this one last thing, but I forgot. It literally just jumped out my mind right, right before I was about to say it. But it's quite all right. If I remember, I'll, I'll double back. But yeah, let's get into it. So today we're talking about non-sexual intimacy. Okay. And I'm just, I'm just so excited about it. So excited about it. So let's define intimacy, right? So the definition of intimacy is close familiarity or friendship slash closeness. (laughs) Okay, that's what it says. And then similar words to intimacy are closeness, togetherness, rapport, attachment, familiarity, confidentiality, affection, warmth, warm feelings, understanding. Okay, what do you think about that? And then another definition for intimacy is a private, cozy atmosphere. And uh, an example of using that in a sentence in that way is, quote, the room had a peaceful sense of intimacy about it. Okay, and then the euphemistic definition is is an intimate act, especially sexual intercourse. I'm not even gonna say what I'm thinking about that definition. Because you already know. You already know. Okay. For starters, let me say it again. Intimacy is not synonymous with sex. Okay. I didn't say that verbatim at first, but I'm saying it now. Intimacy is not synonymous with sex. So please separate intimacy and sex in your mind right now. Because I'm not talking about sexual intimacy. I'm not even talking about sex. I'm talking about intimacy, period. Let's differentiate and define what intimacy means so that we can search for, seek, and attain the right intimate experiences for us, okay? So uh, I'm going to name, there's 12, there's 12 different types of intimacy that I'm going to name here. Now, mind you, these are the 12 that I found. It could be more than this, okay? That's the great thing about learning and conversation is that it's not the end all be all. You understand? (laughs) Boom. So we got sexual intimacy, emotional intimacy, intellectual, aesthetic, creative, recreational, work, crisis, commitment, conflict, communication, spiritual. All right. So, boom, you might be thinking, uh, what's intellectual intimacy? Now, if I could stay, take a stab at it, I can definitely say, like, for example, in our in our gender unicorn conversation, I had a little excerpt where I was talking about attraction. And the reasons why I'm attracted to my platonic friends is because we have uh, an intellectual understanding. We have similarities in our ideology. We have intellectual intimacy you know, I connect deeply with people who think similar to me, not like me, not, I do not like being around people who think just like me. I think that that is a setup. You really set yourself up. If, if someone thinks exactly like you run, okay. Cause either, either they're just lying and they think they, they want to think that you, they want you to think that you think that y'all think alike about everything and they don't have no personality. 
you should have different thoughts. You know what I'm saying? You should have different politics. You should have th- different ideologies. But similarities, yes, that's attractive to me, okay? Similar similar politics. Similar. Similar. Okay? <laughs> Intellectual intimacy. Okay, so creative intimacy. Let's get into it. Um, as, a, as an artist, right? I, I like to write music with my friends and share my music with my friends in the creative process um, where, you know, they like they could give me awesome feedback and, um, you know, let me know what they're hearing and all this other stuff or share their projects with me or just talk about the creative process or just be creative together, share space, et cetera, et cetera. I've, I've shared uh, creative intimacy with my peers while I'm developing things for their sex talk. Even though this is a podcast, it's something I'm creating, you know what I'm saying? So people who contributed, my peers who contribute to um, my creative process and share that intimate space with me mean a lot to me, um, you know, and sometimes I crave that creative intimacy between me and my peers um, because it just feels so good to 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 go in a space, do, do like a work study, share space and create um, individually and um, and then come out like, damn, I really accomplished this thing and thank you for holding space with me like that feels good, you know. Uh, what about you? Can you, can you relate? Have you shared creative intimacy with your peers? Let me know. Crisis intimacy. Um, an example of this I could think of, like, when I've experienced, like, uh, uh, for example, I don't even know why this is the first thing that, I don't even know why this is the first thing that jumped in my mind, but, uh, years ago I got into a car crash and I had somebody who I thought was my friend with me. Now, now, okay, just bear with me because we are not friends no more. Um, but because I got in that car crash and they were with me and they were with me to help me stay focused to get back home and all that, like the journey to get back home, it was a very intimate experience. And when I got back home, I felt in, like an inti- a closer intimacy with them because they shared that crisis with me. Um, now... Now, when it comes to crisis intimacy, I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm just learning about this today. But, um, and I'm just saying this out loud for the first time in this context. And so I, I, would like to, I would like to challenge myself and others to think about the crisis intimacy that we've shared with folks and think about what's the fine line between trauma bonding and is, uh, is there a healthy crisis intimacy? You know what I'm saying? Um, I think I think if you share crisis with folks and it creates a more intimate bond between you two because you guys have that experience together, uh, I would just say be mindful that 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 bond like it's not a trauma bond or even a crisis bond. You know, it's just like we we experienced this crisis together and it made us closer because we got through it. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't define our bond. You know what I'm saying? So trauma bonding, crisis bonding. I don't know. That one just feels a little sticky and I just want to name that. But, um, yeah, I guess, I guess crisis intimacy is a thing, right? And then conflict intimacy. Now, when I saw this, I thought about the fact that, um, I've had some really hard conversations with people in my life that I love so much and in the last in the last two or three weeks, I've been having to have some really hard conversations with 
uh, said folks, and it's taken long, uh, like long periods of time, right? And it's taken a lot of grace, a lot of understanding, you know what I'm saying? All these different things. And I am a firm believer in conflict being healthy. If you disagree with someone or there's a situation that needs to be addressed and it feels hard that means that you have a pulse that means that you have feelings that means that you're alive you're living and you're having experiences do not avoid conflict because it scares you if you're running away from conflict you're you're creating problems for yourself conflict is healthy it's about the way you handle it you know what i'm saying there's a difference between you know like when when you're getting volatile when you're getting when you're getting hostile, when you're getting uh, aggressive, when you're getting you know what I'm saying demanding and da da da. That's not healthy conflict. That's not that's arguing. That's all this and da da da. Swearing, raising your voice, fighting, putting your hands on each other. You know shit like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about conflict. Like hey, there's a there's a there's a point in our relationship where we are not aligned and we need to address it and figure out how we're going to get through this together um and things like that so um when it comes to conflict intimacy and the situations that i've had to address with my loved ones as of lately um i feel like that uh it's it's really brought me closer to those people and made me love them more and conflict to me is an opportunity for you to express your love excuse me, for a person, you know what I'm saying? Or the people, right? So in a situation that I'm thinking of, there's two situations, there's three, actually, three that are pressing on my mind right now. And one's community oriented. One is like, you know, a relationship I have with two other people. And then, um, and then the other one is a relationship I have with one other person. And those three instances really gave me an opportunity to express my love for all three of those, you know, all three of those relationships um, and really take it to the next level with those people involved or, or figure out where we're going to go from here. Um, but it, it was, you know, it was very intimate experiences. And I think, you know, the first conversation, it being a communal conversation, I think it's, I think it's really interesting now that I say it out loud is that in that conversation as a community, we built intimacy about the idea of community we're trying to build right and then uh, along with the relationship that I have with the two other people it's like you know like I, I love and, and cherish this relationship so let's with these issues let's decide how we're going to resituate and move forward and what we're going to work on and then with the one-on-one conversation it's very similar it's, it's just building intimacy and building understanding and us uh, addressing hard topics um, because you love that person or you love those people. It's like there's there's issues that we need to address. There's conflict that needs to be resolved and we need to make a decision. Um, and so the reason why it's on the table is because we love each other. And so like, let's figure out how we're going to work through that. I love that shit. I love that shit. I'm always down. I am always down to work through conflict or disagreements or misunderstandings with people because it's an opportunity. Like the, the, the fun stuff, that's easy. Like buying gifts and going places and hanging out and do it. That's the easy stuff. But what makes that stuff more fun is when you work through the hard stuff with those people. It's like, no, I know that this person got my back. I know that they respect me. I know they love me. And that makes this even more fun 
you know, like we have a solid foundation to build on, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, conflict intimacy. Um, that's what I think about that. What do you think about that? And then spiritual intimacy, um, in a nutshell, you know, like, uh, you know, people who pray together, people who, uh, you know, share spiritual experiences together, uh, people who have similar, um, the- theological ideas. Maybe they, you know, maybe you both believe in God. Maybe you both believe in Buddha. Maybe you both believe in Allah or, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe you have a spiritual community that you come together with and you guys practice spiritual practices together. You know, like, um, now that I'm saying it out loud, it's making me think of the fact that church is far, it's the furthest thing from intimacy that I've ever experienced. You know, like when it comes to back, back when I used to go to church, um, I think my more intimate experiences happen in small groups, youth groups, um, prayer groups, one-on-one conversations, or even my own spiritual, you know what I'm saying? Like praying for people I love and care about that, that I feel like that spiritual intimacy, like, even though it's a one, it's like, if I'm praying for my friend, even though my friend might not be present right now, um, I'm, I'm, I have that intimacy for them in order for me to know that I need to pray for them or I have the desire on my heart to want to pray for them. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I guess, you know, saying that out loud, it's like, uh, you can express intimacy or have intimacy for other people, um, in a non-sexual way when you, it's on your heart to pray for that person and you love that person while they're absent. You know, I think that's pretty intimate to me too. What do you think about that? Um, so yeah, moving on. Um, so our first experience with intimacy is with our parents. And so because I'm not a licensed therapist, because I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not a trained professional in mental health. I want to be very careful about how I talk about this because I want to stay focused on talking about intimacy, but I just want to address, like, I'm going to address some really hard topics when it comes to parents. Y'all know I don't fuck with parents. Y'all know I don't like parents. It's mainly them niggas from the 60s, 60s and 70s. I know some really dope parents that are like, you know, 90s and in the 2000 parents, y'all doing better. You know what I'm saying? Like I have some relationships with some folks who got who got kids that are babies and little ones now. And I'm like, y'all doing y'all doing good. But the niggas from the 60s and 70s, it was fucking up. You know what I'm saying? Not everybody. I'm not going to say everybody. But y'all niggas is weird. But anyway, talking about your parents could be a hard topic. Thinking about your parents could be hard. Uh, I'm in a place with my parents where it's taken a it's taken a ton of work, um, but I I can talk about my parents freely now. But I've been working at this shit for like a decade, so I speak freely about my relationship with my parents or the lack thereof. Uh, but yeah, I just want to issue like a a slight trigger warning that I'm gonna I'm gonna breeze through this um, real quick. And if it triggers something up, pl- please pause, come back, do what you got to do. Don't feel compelled to push through the conversation if it triggers you. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. So, um, so back to these parents, these motherfuckers. So parents have a lot of power in how we will experience intimacy once we begin, once we, we become adult children, right? So ways that parents destroy intimacy for adult children are, um, controlling the child, lying, deceit, exposing secrets. Okay. Not creating a space for confidentiality. I'm going to say that again, not creating a space for confidentiality. I have an issue with parents who talk about, hey, 
I could, I, you're my child. I could say and do whatever I No, You lack boundaries and you lack confidentiality and you wonder why I don't tell you shit. Girl, shut the f- Anyway. And then you got not listening to your child, abuse of all kind, and the list goes on. So we'll just stop there. Okay. What do you think about that? And how can you relate? Would you like to write it down? Okay. Uh, take your time. So, boom. Ways that parents foster and build healthy intimacy for adult children are... Now, mind you, I want to give a shout-out to all co-parents, step-parents, chosen parents. You know what I'm saying? Spiritual parents. Parents who just adopted you, like, emotionally adopted you because they really fuck with you and they love you. Or people who ain't got kids and they're like, no, nah, I don't got kids, but that's my kid right there. Like, that's my baby. I take good care of her, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I personally... I'm about to go see my godmom after this, and I'm super excited about it. And that's my, you know, I got my godmommy. I got, I don't even know how many godmommies I got at this point, but I got my godmom, I got my TT, I got my sister, I got my, you know what I'm saying? So let me keep, let me put it out there that parents don't always have to be the people who birthed you and conceived you, okay? You can build intimacy with other people who you can identify as a parent. They might not be your biological parent, but they have helped. Parent, parent you, parentified you. Uh, anyway, um, so ways that parents foster and build healthy intimacy for adult children are letting the child express themselves freely, honesty, open-mindedness, teaching independence, confidentiality, active listening, and advocacy. Now, for example, my godmom, even though I met her when I was 19, I wasn't a child anymore, but she let me express myself freely. She was always honest with me. Um, She was always open-minded with listening to what I had to say. She taught me how to be independent in a lot of different ways. The reason why I respect confidentiality so much the way that I do now is because of her and the, the way that she fostered and poured into me. She listens to me actively and she advocates. She has advocated for me when I needed someone to have my back, okay? And so... I just want to put that out there. Parents who are listening, parents who, new parents, old parents, whoever, whoever, whatever, chosen parents, keep those things in mind. Um, and and my godmom is white, okay? Now, mind you, our cultures are very different. And so she might not always understand the way that I express myself. But because she's culturally, she's aware that cultures are different, she is open-minded to the fact that, hey, because your Sonny's black and niggas might do this. You know what I'm saying? This might be real important to Sonny as a nigga. No, she don't say, she don't say the N-word. This is me being extra. <laughs> but there are things that are important to me as a black person. There are ways that I need to advocate for myself, stand my ground. You know what I'm saying? And so letting me express myself freely without policing and judgment or even being like, hey, um, what's something? Uh, hey, I'm I'm going I'm going to I'm traveling with some friends um, to this you know dance thing that we're gonna do and it's gonna be a lot of fun and da 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 and just being supportive of those things or hey I'm about to go do this thing or I'm about to go buy this really expensive thing to invest in my artistic expression. Okay, you know, just make sure your basic needs are met and you your priorities are in order and I support that shit, you know. Freely express myself, okay? Boom. What do you think about that? And just because you're and I also want to put it out there that if you're not a parent, don't keep keep in mind 
that you can impact people uh, in any capacity. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't let your age or the fact that you're not a parent hinder you from being mindful that you can impact people and make a positive influence on them. I just felt the need to say that for whoever's listening. Moving on. So, have you ever experienced those things with your parents um, when it comes to uh, them destroying intimacy or fostering and building healthy intimacy? Um, How has your relationship with your parents impacted your experience with intimacy, good, bad, or indifferent? I know some people who uh, don't... they, They just genuinely are not interested in intimacy. Um... Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Is it indifferent? It's just like not a big deal. There's just some people who are just not intimate in any type of way, right? That's a thing. However, for the folks who crave intimacy or lack intimacy or desire intimacy or want intimacy, that's a different conversation. But if you're just not interested in intimacy, that's a whole nother thing. And that's okay, right? So what do you think about that? This is going really well. I hope I hope you all are having as much fun listening to this conversation as I am having the conversation. <laughs> okay, that's what I was going to say. Okay, let's double back real quick. The sex talk is about to be two years old in April. April 26th. I want you to mark your calendar, okay? The sex talk birthday is coming up very soon, and we're going to celebrate just like we did last year. So, yeah, boom. Mark your calendar, April 26th at 6 p.m. You know how we get down. Or noon. We'll figure out the day of the birthday party. (laughs) But anyway, back to it. So, boom. Do you have a good relationship with intimacy? Do you crave intimacy? Do you know what intimacy is? Hmm. Um, And outside of sex, what are some intimate experiences you've had, if any? Now, feel free to share. Drop a comment somewhere. Uh, I'll probably make a post after this to uh, on Instagram to allow you guys to share your thoughts if you want to. But outside of sex, share some of your intimate experiences if you'd like. Let's keep the conversation going. Who knows? Your comment or your experience might inspire other people to put intimate practices into practice with themselves or the people around them. And it just benefits relationships everywhere we go. Okay? Now, boom. Let's get into it. What are some non-sexual intimate acts? Romantic, platonic, or, you know what I'm saying, familial familial communal okay so boom uh taking a walk with someone now what you do on that walk it the level the boundaries or the level of intimacy might shift but say it's with a romantic partner maybe you hold hands maybe you look into each other's eyes maybe you take a stroll in a really cute park somewhere etc etc take it take the stroll when during the sunset or at night or whatever or if you're strolling with a friend go at any time of the day run through the park walk through the park hop skip and jump through the park you know what i'm saying what type of intimate experience are you trying to have with that person Uh, take a walk with like when i go somewhere with my niece you know we're hand in hand you know because 
for safety reasons. And that's my baby. You know what I'm saying? And also, um, you know, uh, we, we, what we're going to do when we get to the park, I'm going to push her in the swing. I'm going to uh, ride down the slide with her because I know she wants to go down the slide. Even though I'm big as hell in these little ass parks, I still do it for her because I love her and <laughs> and things like that. So, yeah, taking a walk, not very non-sexual, uh, intimate act that you can do with anybody. OK, um, exchange. Uh, wait, no. OK, so I'm not going to that. That's not the one that I wanted. Um, you can sit in the park with on a shared towel. That's an intimate act. Depends on the relationship, what it what it is that you're getting at. Or you could sit in the park without the shared towel and just kick it. Or you could sit in the park with a shared towel and cozy up if that's what you're trying to do. If you're trying to get that intimate. Okay. You know what? I am going to say this other one because I thought about it for a second. And it says exchange massages. I had to think about it. I've given my sister a massage. I've given my TT a massage. You know, my my Titi actually has a massage chair that she shares with her guests, and I appreciate that. And when she lets me sit in her massage chair, she'll give me a cover. She'll uh, give me meditation music, give me some water, make sure I'm fed. That's really intimate. So, yeah, I'm sorry that I hesitated and wasn't about to share that one. Yes, you can exchange massages with your, uh, with your in, in platonic and familial familial relationships i had to think i'm sorry i had to check myself real quick um and even rubbing people's back you know what i'm saying like i rub my friends back my my family's back my people's back when i just want to let them know like hey i love you i'm here and i just want to make sure you feel comfortable um and i just want to show you that i love you real quick by this quick back rub it don't even have to be all you know, big, you know, like if you see me in public with people that I care about, you're going to see me rub a back or two from time to time. And the only reason why I would rub their back is if they feel okay with it. Typically, I ask too. you know, people who give me their consent today don't mean consent tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yeah, that's always important, too. What do you think about that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so boom let's get into the next one so we got uh send a text to a person that you were thinking of let them know that you're thinking about them i really love sending texts to folks especially when people pop into my mind and heart you know Hey, just wanted to let you know I was thinking about you. Or, hey, I really appreciate how you held space for me in that conversation. Or, hey, thank you for seeing me. Thank you for being my friend. Or, hey, I was thinking about you. And I want to let you know I miss you. And I look forward to the next time I get to see you. Or, hey, smiley face. Or send a meme or something, you know. Let the people know that. Let the people that you care about know that you're thinking about them. Thinking about somebody is intimate. It's really intimate. I want to let you know, if, if if you wake up and somebody's the first person on your mind, that's a pretty intimate thing. And if you want to express that you're, you're they're who you're thinking about, go ahead. But if not, hey, you know what I'm saying? Maybe you ain't ready for all that. But those things build intimacy. Um, now, depending on the type of friendship or relationships you have with folks, 
this could, you know what I'm saying? I would just, t- don't don't push your boundaries with this situation. But, um, you know, laying in bed with your friends, family, loved ones, and um, sharing interrupted time, whether that be watching TV or having a conversation, uh, you know, that can build intimacy. I know sometimes I'll, uh, I'll uh, when I spend the night at my sister's house, I'll jump in the bed with her and my niece. And we'll laugh and joke and we'll be on our phones and we'll just be goofy. And most of the time my niece is ready to get up and play and be loud. And so I'll start, you know, being goofy with her. But those that's really intimate. That's intimate time. Okay. And then boom, reminisce about the first time you hung out with your friend or first time y'all kicked it or the first, you know, uh, I like to reminisce. Like sometimes I reminisce with my friends about the time that, you know, like, I felt like, you know, the first time I realized like, yo, this is my friend and I want them to be my friend. Or this is my person, I want them to be my person. Or this is my, this is, I really like this person or et cetera, et cetera. I like reminiscing in those moments and sharing, you know, just reminding, reminding us why we got here or even uh, in romantic situations, talking about the first date, like, oh my God, at our first date, like I was so nervous that my leg was shaking the whole time or I was drinking so much water because I was getting cotton mouth and I was just, you know, you just look so beautiful that day and da da da, you know, shit like that, you know, share, that's intimacy, reminiscing is with anybody is a, a level of intimacy that you could share. Cooking dinner, listening to music and dancing with one another. If you know me, you know that I be going live on my LT Sunny page. And I do this with one of my friends on very, you know, very often. We cook, do karaoke, and act crazy on Instagram Live. And we be kicking it. And that's, hey, that's our intimate time. But you can do that with your friends, family. You can do that with your loved ones, your partner, etc. Build that intimacy. And then, boom. Um, this one... Um, now my like maybe this is a place where I could learn or do something different. I don't know. I don't just be you know. I, okay, I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> Another form of building intimacy is uh, staring into each other's eyes and then reflecting on that experience. Uh, so, for example, the be so there's this game that I play with my friends, and there's a friend edition and there's a healing edition. And then there's a lover's edition. There's a fun, there's a few different editions. But before you start the question game, you have to stare into each other's eyes for 10 seconds. And there's people that I do it with that it's, it's like it, it gets awkward or it gets kind of heated or we get emotional or whatever. Um, but I think about my niece in this situation and sometimes I just stare into her eyes because I'm like, damn, like you are really a human being like you're really here that's crazy and my niece's eyes are so beautiful like she has very beautiful eyes and the way that they slant on the ends I just stare at her sometimes and I just you know I just love my niece you if you know me you know I love my niece so much and um she's just so she's so cute you know we don't reflect on it I don't I don't I maybe I should ask her like what do you think about this like do you like looking at TT you know uh is it okay that TT is staring at you right now? Uh, but yeah, it just made me giggle. But yeah, staring into each other's eyes. Like sharing these thoughts, now that I'm thinking about it, like sharing these experiences and having a reflective bottom is intimate too. So I feel like if you're listening to this, I'm really, I'm being really intimate right now and open and 
So, like, that's I think that's why I'm getting all giggly and, like, kind of, I'm getting a little warm, too. <laughs> it's like the definition of these things because I'm thinking about all the people that I really love and these experiences I've had with people. Uh, and it's just, it's warming my heart. And everybody I'm thinking about, oh, my God, I love y'all. And so, boom, then we got exercise together. That could be a very intimate thing. Sharing your body goals with people is, I just want to let people know not to take that shit for granted, especially as a larger person, you know, like I'm a big body person. And if I've worked out with you, if I share my body goals with you, if you see me in a, you know what I'm saying, in a state where I'm struggling like and sweating that's intimate you know and I want to let you know like I feel safe enough with you to share that with you now it's different you know what I'm saying like when you go to the gym and you're struggling it's like we struggling in the gym but if we go to the gym together and you're standing next to me while I'm struggling to do put my legs up again rep after rep you know like that's showing a weakness that's intimate okay uh, but yeah me and my sister actually just went to the gym recently and we had some moments and I was just, you know, like I was struggling, she was struggling and, you know, like, I got you. We got it. We got us. We doing this. I'm proud of us, you know. And then uh, last but not least, do not hold back on expressing gratitude, no matter how small the act. Um, and that I think that goes along with, you know, sending texts and stuff like that. Whether you say it to somebody's face, whether you send it in a text, whatever you do, don't hold back on expressing gratitude. I love expressing gratitude and affirming the people around me because, especially because, like, for me, um, one of my love languages is words of affirmation. And I really appreciate special texts when you write, like, written notes or words, you know. For me, for me, written notes mean more because I go back to those notes, especially when I'm having a hard day or if I need to be reminded of the way that somebody loves me or the way that I am loved, um, words of affirmation mean a lot to me. And so, um, if you, if you listening and you love me, I need you to keep that in mind. Tell me you love me every, not trying, you know, tell me you love me when it's on your heart, but remember that I love that shit and I appreciate it and I welcome it. Okay. But yeah, don't 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 hold back on expressing gratitude um, for the people around you and do it unconditionally. You know, don't express gratitude for your loved ones. To get that in return, like if you're going to express gratitude, let it be unconditional. You know, like the shit that I do and say for people, I try my best. I'm not, hey, hey, I'm not going to act like I'm not going to act like I'm perfect because I'm not because there's some shit that I've done for folks where I'm like, you really got me fucked up. You really got me fucked up. I can't even believe I let I, I let you get the best of me, ho. But <laughs> well, you know, um, doing things without conditions takes work. Okay, you really got to check your intention. You got to check the motive. Why am I doing this? Okay, that takes a lot of work. But um, I do my best to express gratitude for the people that are around me to let them know like, hey, you're doing a good job. I love and appreciate you. And these are the things I appreciate about you. Even the small things, you know what I'm saying? Like, to me, it's not small things. Like, for example, uh, yesterday I was texting one of my friends and I had told them something and they responded and they was like, damn, you can't catch a break. 
And I was like, oh my God, I feel seen right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> she saw me. And I said that, I was, thank you. Thank you for seeing me right now. Because that could really alleviate some craziness. Because right now, I feel like a nigga's being tested left and right. So I let her know, thank you. You, you just saw me right now. Thank you. I needed that. Because I know I'm not crazy. Even though I know I'm not crazy, I still be needing those reminders. So I just let them know, like, hey, I appreciate you. You know what I'm saying? To me, that doesn't feel small, especially because of what we were talking about. But it was just real quick. I'm like, hey, thank you for seeing me because this shit is wild, you know? So, boom. Um, so then let's move on. Are you, are you asking yourself right now in this conversation, in this time, are you asking yourself, am I afraid of intimacy? Hmm. What do you think about this? Am I afraid of intimacy? Let's get into it. Y'all know we was about to get into it. I was going to leave the conversation right there. We about to talk about it. So boom. Have you ever have you ever been building a bond or a relationship with someone and gotten to a point where you don't know where to go? Uh, maybe your emotions for them are growing. Uh, you want to spend more time with them. You want to take the relationship to another level, but you're afraid. Now, this is romantic, platonic, familial, familial, communal. This is everybody. I'm talking about everybody, okay? So you may, you might in these situations get scared and dismiss your needs and desires. You may avoid them. You may cause an issue between you and them and and sabotage the relationship and maybe even begin to gaslight yourself as to why you don't deserve healthy and loving relationships. Is that you? Is that you? The one that you did, the one listening right now, is this you? Am I describing you right now? (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to leave you hanging because I got you. And guess what? We in this together. Self-sabotage, dismissing, avoiding, gaslighting. That shit is real. So let's get into it. Um, Here are some reasons why that may be happening. So then we got fear of abandonment. Okay. What's that? What's fear of abandonment? Those who are afraid of abandonment worry that their partner or people will leave them. This fear often results from the experience of a parent or other important adult figures abandoning the person emotionally or physically as a young child. That's real. That's valid. Your feelings are valid, okay? Fear of abandonment is so real. All right? It's valid, and you're not crazy. You're not crazy, okay? And then we got fear of engulfment. Now, I'm going to read these off and I'm going to explain real quick what I think about this, okay? Fear of engulfment. Those who have fear of engulfment are afraid of being controlled, dominated, or losing themselves in a relationship. And this fear sometimes stems from growing up in an enmeshed family. Enmeshed? What is enmeshment? Enmeshment are families where personal boundaries are diffused, subsystems undifferentiated, and overconcern for others leads to a loss of autonomous development. Okay. So before I get into this last one, I want to explain those two that I just read. 
Now, fear of abandonment, a fear of abandonment is very, very, very real. And I want people to validate their feelings in that situation. In order to know where you're headed, you have to know where you've been. And so this is why I want to issue a trigger warning in these conversations because and say that I am not a licensed therapist. I'm not a licensed anything. I'm just talking about these things, but simply bringing them up can bring up a lot of shit for people, including myself. So I have to be kind to myself after these conversations. But fear of abandonment is real. You can be abandoned physically, emotionally, sexually, mentally, you know what I'm saying? In a situation, somebody could like the weirdest feeling that I had ever felt. I was, I was, uh, I had knew this guy and we got, we got to a place where, you know, things got really intimate between us. And then we, and then the situation blew up between us and I was trying to address it. I was trying to fight through it. I was trying to work through it. And I'm like, there's some things that we need to admit to each other. If we're going to keep moving forward, we need to address this because we crossed so many boundaries before we even talked about them. Right. Boom. Got to a point where he tapped out of the conversation. The conversation wasn't over. Now it was a long conversation. It was over the course of like a few weeks. We it, it was a lot to talk about, but we couldn't move past. We couldn't move on because of what happened. Now, mind you, we did not have sex. We did not, you know, like it wasn't anything, you know, saying physical. It was it was more so emotional, and it was more so emotional intimacy that we shared. That was it got really overwhelming, and and we disclosed certain things to each other in a very intimate time and atmosphere. So it's like. Either we need to, we our relationship is changing and we need to talk about it. Um, and so I think, you know, uh, what had happened was he abandoned the conversation and thought we, he, he wanted to move past it and I wasn't going to. So our friendship ended there um, because we weren't being honest with each other and things like that. And I'm not going to lie. I wasn't being honest either because I was afraid of being abandoned and rejected. You know what I'm saying? I was taking responsibility for the role that I played in the situation. But I was like, look, I ain't going to say it if you ain't going to say it, nigga. <laughs> and it was a nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like, I... <laughs> Niggas are weird. <laughs> like men. Men are fucking weird. You know, and like I was just like it was a lot happening for me, and so I didn't, I didn't feel that I like I learned now that was a few years ago. I learned a lot from that experience, and I learned that I should not be in an intimate space with someone I don't feel safe enough with expressing how I really feel. You know, it's like it was like a tit for tat thing for me. I'm like, you gotta open, you gotta open the floor, you gotta say the thing, um, in order for me to say my thing, and I didn't, I didn't. So the relationship ended there. <laughs> excuse me but I learned a lot from it and I moved differently because of it but um but uh being abandoned in a situation is really real and that's why like I really fuck with the people who uh stick stick it out with me from start to finish even if the finish ain't gonna happen until six months from now we we gonna work through it we're gonna take some time you know we gonna fight through this you know but abandon you gotta you gotta align yourself with people we gotta align ourselves with people and we can't abandon ourselves that's another thing it's it, it it is a lot it is a lot to expect other people not to abandon you when you don't when you abandon yourself and some quick examples i want to give of abandoning yourself and uh why i even say that is uh for for example i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about me i'm gonna talk about me i'm gonna make it personal okay 
Um, I know that I'm abandoning myself when I'm not honoring my boundaries or when I'm pushing my boundaries or when I have anxiety. Um, anxiety is when we're thinking too far in the future or too far in the past and we're not present. And so when I'm dealing with anxiety, it's because I'm not present in the moment. I'm not in my body being present about what's happening right now. And I'm so focused on what's what could happen, what could go wrong, and this, that, and the third, or what has gone wrong, and I'm bringing that into the present right now. Um, or I'm overworking myself, or I'm saying yes to everything, and I'm t- or I'm tired and I'm leaving the house to go be with a friend, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are ways that we can, uh, those are ways that I'm going to talk about myself. Those are ways that I know that I have abandoned myself, not saying no, not, not wanting to let people down in, 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 um, and putting myself to a depleted state because I didn't want to, because I knew nobody else would come through for that friend. So I did, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I don't have capacity friend. And if you love me and you love you, you would know like, Hey, if nobody's showing up for this thing, then maybe I, you should resituate shit in your life. And you know what I'm saying? Say no. When I'm not saying no, that's how I know that I'm abandoning myself. So boom. Okay. Moving on. I just exposed a lot for myself right now, but yeah, fear of abandonment. It's, I, I think it's kind of unfair to fear that other people will leave you when you always leave yourself, when you, when you abandon yourself. Um, and uh, our parents play a huge role in that. Parents have a huge responsibility in teaching children how to not abandon themselves, especially with them kids on the playground. A great way to teach a kid not to abandon themselves is bullying, right? Or them kids be so abusive sometimes. Like, for example, I remember there was this girl um, that I was friends with in in grade school. One day she would be my friend, one day she wouldn't. One day she would be my friend, one day she wouldn't. And she would just send me through this emotional roller coaster every single day. I didn't know, like, I didn't know what was going to happen. And I just wanted to please her so bad. And, like, I just would suffer when she wouldn't be my friend. But you know what that taught me is how to be a people pleaser. And it taught me that people could just come in and out of my life at any time. What I should what what I should have been taught is that if that motherfucker don't want to be your friend, that's not your fucking friend. And find another one. You know what I'm saying? Um, and move on. But little old me, I dealt with that shit. And I don't think that I don't think shit like that between kids should be uh, swept under the rug because they're big, they're kids. No, I've developed now now. I developed that uh, relational pattern at home. And so I just aligned myself with this abusive ass friend in school too. You know what I'm saying? So like I said, to know where you're headed, you got to know where you've been. Where ha- where in your life have you learned these, learned how to abandon yourself? Where did your parents teach you how to abandon yourself? And how are you working through that? How are you disrupting that pattern? And how are you showing up for yourself? But we going to get into it. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> And then fear of engulfment. I'm going to touch on this really quick. I'm probably lying because I'm probably going to keep going like I just did for abandonment. Niggas got nervous, just kept talking. But, you know, I feel like this is really important to talk about. So, boom. Um, So when it comes to enmeshment and um, engulfment, um, I think that that's all family systems. Uh, You could think of the healthiest family in the world, and I'm sure they still have enmeshment. This is why I think that independence is important and doing shit on your own, living on your own. And having thoughts outside of your, I'm, look, look, I'm just going to say it. 
if you chose a career path to appease your grandparents or your parents, stop now. Stop it. Stop right now. Drop it. Drop everything and run. Start over. It's not too late. I don't care how old you are. Start over. If you went to school to appease your parents, I'm sorry. If you graduated already, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. If you if you got this job to appease your parents and your great parents, continue on the legacy of the family. Do this, do that. I am sorry. But it's not too late to stop. Drop everything and run. Start over. Leave the country. Do something. Do something for yourself. But our, our parents, our family system, this legacy shit, it's so easy. It's so easy to be taught to um, um, abandon ourselves and be enmeshed and have one thought. No boundaries. All these subsystems in your family. You know what I'm saying? And like uh, one thing I can't really stand and I had to really it takes a lot of work, but I had to teach the people around me. Uh, that still like operate in those type of family systems to mind your fucking business you have to mind your business like if if like like boundaries are so important to me because i am a healing codependent i am a healing i'm healing from being raised by a narcissist being enmeshed being codependent being um engulfed with people is it's uh it's it's not even second nature it's first nature i can easily fall into those patterns because why i was raised in those patterns so boundaries are really important to me to disrupt that type of environment around me i do not have one thought with other people i do not you know what i'm saying i actively want to make sure that i am doing and saying what i think all the time it takes a lot of work it's really tedious but it's so easy to get enmeshed with anybody when you've grown up in those type of family systems. So fear of intimacy can come from fear of engulfment when you don't have autonomy in your own family. And if you don't have autonomy and you don't have an identity, if you don't have independence within your family, it is okay to take a fucking break from your family, walk away or cut them off for a year and see who you are without those thoughts. That shit is like drugs. You talk about crack. You talk about heroin. You talk about cocaine. You talk about K2. You talk about, uh, what's that other one? Fentanyl. Be, uh, you know, a substance abuse. Tell, I, I, you know, every, every documentary, every research, everything that I've ever learned about chemical use and, 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 and people who use drugs, there's no doubt in my mind that the root of it is a fucked up family. There's no doubt in my mind. There is no, there's, there's no doubt in my mind. Like that, I, I don't think there's, I, I don't ever think that I've watched a, a, a documentary about somebody who's dealing with drug use or a community of people who are dealing with drug use and they get interviewed inter- individually and they didn't deal with some fucked up shit in their family that had no boundaries. Their family that did, your, your mama, your daddy, your grandma, them cousins that don't know how to mind their business, that's gossiping about you, spreading rumors across the family or always in your business, lurking on your Facebook and your social media always got something to say about what you're doing or what you're not doing those are the ones you need to cut off those are the ones you need to move around from okay <laughs> fuck them fuck them fuck that <laughs> fuck them fuck that family shit okay fuck them <laughs> okay all right so we're gonna get back we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dial back (laughs) 
Do not be engulfed with people. Do not be enmeshed with people. You know, you know, if you're fearing abandonment of others, it's because you have abandoned yourself. It starts with you. It's not your fault. The where it started wasn't your fault because your parents came into your life to show you how to choose you and and choose and choose you too, okay? And be there for you. But they did they, they if if you're here, they done fucked up, okay? My mama done fucked up. My daddy done fucked up. My bald-headed ass granny, rest in heaven, she fucked up real bad. She fucked up real bad. But we're here now, okay? Um, but anyway, we're gonna talk about how to we gonna talk about how to disrupt those patterns because when you leave this conversation, you're gonna be choosing you. Don't even trip. Alright? And I'm gonna follow up. I'm 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 gonna find out. Let me find out you ain't choosing you after this conversation. We gonna have a problem. <laughs> okay, so boom. Now these signs, like these signs might look like this. Like you might be wondering, like, am I fearing intimacy? Okay, we're moving on. I just want to let you know we're moving on in the conversation. Um, what this could look like, right, is anxiety diagnoses and, dis- and concerns. Okay, so the fear of intimacy may also occur as parts of social phobias or social anxiety um, issues or concerns. Some experts classify the fear of intimacy as a subset of these conditions, okay? So people who are afraid of others' judgment, evaluation, or rejection are naturally more likely to shy away from making intimate personal connections. In addition, some specific phobias, such as fear of touch, may occur as a part of fear of intimacy, okay? And then other people, however, may be comfortable in superficial social situations, numbering their acquaintances and social media, quote unquote, friends in the hundreds, but have no deeply personal relationships at all. Okay. Now, when I was reading this, it really meant, it really made me think about all, like a lot of the work that I've done on myself, but even the, the like some of the peers I have in my life, you know what I'm saying? Like I've said in other conversations, don't, it's, it's really important, like not to be someone's only friend. It's really, if someone says you're my only friend, run. And if you have one only, we only one friend, you might want to run from yourself. Don't abandon yourself. (laughs) I want to look, you might want to look at that. Okay. But um, deep personal connections with folks is really important. And in order to have those deep relationships, you're going to have to build some intimacy. Okay. But I, I promise you there's good people out here for you. Nobody's perfect. But sometimes people can be perfect for each other, okay? So just keep that in mind. There's hope. We're going we gonna to make it through this. I'm living proof. We got this. We're going to do this together, okay? So signs of these things I just named may look like this. Serial dating, fear of commitment, perfectionism, difficulty expressing your needs, sabotaging relationships, difficulty with physical touch. Now, when I read this shit, I was like, damn. It just, this shit, this shit read other people that I know from my past. I'm like, damn, that's real. But one thing I um, resonated with too is perfectionism. Um, For me, perfectionism has definitely showed up in my life a lot. I didn't want to do things or say things unless I had it down perfect before I executed. Unrealistic. I'm the type of person now to say it raw, say it raw, say it wrong. And I'm going to stand on my shit and I'm going to learn on my way, you know. Fuck perfectionism. Fuck 
perfectionism. Perfect is not real. Okay? It might be perfect for you. But perfectionism, like, no. It's unhealthy. So, boom. How to build a better relationship with intimacy. What do you think? What do you think about all of this that we've been talking about? And what do you think about perfectionism? Uh, not perf- Damn, that's really pressing on my mind because that's not where I am in my notes. But yeah, what do you think about perfectionism? What do you think about fear of commitment? What do you think about, uh, or do you struggle expressing your needs? Do you sabotage your relationships? Do you struggle with physical touch? Okay. Are you a serial dater? Do you end a relationship and be in a new one uh, the next day, the next week? Do you start relationships before you end them? Do you start, do you, do your relationships overlap? Okay. Think about it. Take a second. Matter of fact, you should, no, I'm just saying we're not going there. But think about these things. These things are fucking real. They're really real. Okay. I just want to, let's just keep it real. But anyway, how to build relationship. Now y'all, I mean, how to build a relationship with intimacy. Intimacy. Slow down. That's how you can build a relationship with intimacy, sonny. It's, it's really intimate. So slow the fuck down, okay? You got this. <laughs> so you know that I'm not going to leave you guys hanging. I'm not about to talk about all this deep shit and not leave you with something to, you know, at least hang on to hope. Um, I'm not going to do you like that. I'm not going to do me like that. I'm not going to abandon us. Why would, I, why would I abandon us? We've done a lot together, and we're here now. And we're about to close out the conversation with some good shit. And I want you guys to think about this shit. But also, don't just listen to me. If you're listening to this podcast, don't just listen to me and take my word for it. Test test it out for yourself. Try these things. Put them in practice. If you're inspired to do something from what you hear from me today, take that shit and run with it. Run. Run. I'm serious. Run across. Do you have your passport? Because if you can run across the country, I would be so proud of you. <laughs> run take that next paycheck from your job and run take it and run run across the country run across the world run across the street (laughs) make a sacrifice make a change please i'm so serious i really want to be i be wanting people to live i be wanting people to live and just be free so bad and i mean that shit don't just take don't just take what i say don't just take what I say for, for, for like, as bond, like, word is bond. Test it for yourself. Figure it out, okay? Get intimate with you. And that's the first one while I'm still over here preaching. How to build a better relationship with intimacy is to start with yourself, okay? And here's my suggestion. Here's, here's, a, here's some of the suggestions, okay? Choose a day. Make it your self-care day. Don't answer the phone. Don't get on social media. Stay inside and do everything you want to do alone. Try that for four weeks straight and see how you feel. Don't let nobody come to your house. Don't let nobody show up at your house. If they knock on your door, ring your doorbell, be like, I'm outside. Be like, I'm, don't, you're not responding. Because, bitch, you ain't called before you came. All right? This ain't, it ain't open door policy on Sundays. My, I say it all the time. Sunday is my favorite day of the week. You not, you ain't nobody in this bitch, at least until like three, four, five, six. But from the time I wake up until, you know, the time I'm ready to answer the phone, 
That's about me. Okay? Um, try it. Give it a shot. Okay? Um, I think in some days, some days I go, some days I do like my self-care day. Like uh, in Minnesota, we have the Mall of America. Someday I do my self-care day. And I, even though I have a car, I'll take an Uber. I'll take an Uber to the mall and I'll go be by myself at the mall in this big ass place by myself, eating what I want, looking at shit that I want, buying shit that I want by myself. Don't nobody know where I'm at. Don't nobody know what I'm doing unless you bump it to me at the mall. You know what I'm saying? But it's just, it's intimacy is time, uninterrupted time with yourself. If you're starting with yourself, which I feel like you should. Okay. Another uh, example is journal your thoughts without judgment. Um, So keep a journal in a place where you, your privacy cannot be violated. Now, uh, Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say another thing. So I'm going to start by saying this. If you if you still live at home with your parents, like if you're a teenager, you live at home with your parents or you live you you you're older and you live in your with a family member, you got roommates or you live with friends, whatever. Or you got friends over whatever whatever. And you don't necessarily have a place where you can um where you you can have enough privacy to be unfiltered that way try writing in google docs or send yourself emails or notes in your phone or put your journal hide your journal in a protected space that nobody will find it now i say that because we all got to start somewhere and sometimes our limit situations don't always um they don't always support our privacy and our boundaries until we can get in a space where it can where it can so i want to acknowledge that because if you're going to have any type of privacy sometimes you got to get creative when you're sharing space with other people now if you are old enough to live on your own or you're old enough where you have roommates and your privacy is being violated then that's not their problem it's yours and you need to establish a boundary with them. Don't come in my room without knocking. Don't go in my closet. Don't go in my drawers. Don't you got you, you niggas know your password? Change it. Change your password. If motherfuckers want to go through your phone, that's you know what I'm saying. That's a whole nother conversation. Okay. But if you like say okay, say okay, sometimes people, sometimes people are in relationships where they're like um, you know, we, we, everything's on the table. If you got, if your partner has your password, cool. But your pat, but your partner shouldn't be going through your phone looking for shit and violating your privacy. There's difference between secrecy and privacy. Okay. So nobody, I want to let you know right now, nobody should be reading your journal. Nobody should be reading your private thoughts. Nobody should be reading through anything that's private to you if it's a secret that's a whole nother thing y'all need to have another conversation but privacy if your partner is reading your journal reading your personal notes to yourself reading notes that other people have wrote to you that are special and private that's a whole nother conversation so i just wanted to i just want to delicately express that that not everybody lives alone not everybody has a safe environment where they can like uh establish those boundaries without creating chaos 
which is a whole nother conversation. But I think the goal is if you want intimacy, if you want privacy, if you want your boundaries to be respected, you might want to work on um, getting to a place where you can uh, prioritize that for yourself, whether that be living alone or have or getting different roommates that respect your boundaries. Sometimes your family can't be your your roommates because y'all grew up in an enmeshed environment and they carry in those uh, inappropriate boundaries with you um, into the next house. They didn't change. The house did. <laughs> I'm really cracking myself up today, but anyway, I'm for real. I'm for real. Protect your privacy. Okay? And stand firm on your boundaries. You understand? Uh, The next one, my next suggestion is take time to discover your needs and work on prioritizing them. Now, example, maybe maybe you need rest. Maybe you need alone time. Maybe you need food. Maybe you want to, you want to wear something. You want to wear something different than what people are used to seeing you in. Maybe you want to show your skin more. Maybe you want to cover up more. Maybe you want to wear different colors. Maybe you want to try a different style. If that's a need that you need to prioritize, work on it, okay? What experiences do you want to have? Do you want to travel? Do you want to go see live shows? Do you want to do a sip and paint? Do you want to, um, do you want to try a pottery class? Do you want to, um, you know, take a dance class and you're a singer or you want to get singing lessons and you're a dancer? Um, are you a rap artist and you want to, uh, you want to get into, there's other disciplines. Let me think. Oh, uh, you want to be an engineer. Damn, I struggled with that shit. Uh, you want to be an engineer or producer. You want to make beats, but you rap. Prioritize that shit. Those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. If the niggas around you mind you changing, those ain't your niggas, okay? Uh, maybe you need to prioritize the type of people you want around you. Think about the people around you. Think about how they make you feel. Maybe there's positive. There's some positives in people and there's some negatives in people. Write out a list. Write out the pros and cons of having these people around you. Okay? What does that look like? What does that feel like? How do you feel around these people? How do you feel when you leave these people? How do you feel when you know you're about to be around these people? Okay? If something is not feeding you, it needs to change. How much time you give it or the space it has in your life. Don't be afraid to put you first. Don't be afraid to prioritize yourself, okay? Um, and then maybe you, one of your needs are how you want to feel in your relationships. So for me, in that experience, like I, I had to do a scan of the people in my life, the people I spend time with, all these different things. And the people who improve the way that I feel about myself and how I feel just in general when I'm around them, they, got, they are at the top of the list. They're the first people that I communicate with. They're the first. I make sure that I communicate with them at the top of my week or throughout the week or the top of my day. Call them, check in, leave voicemails, send texts, whatever. I want to make sure I interact with you so that I can get that dose of love, okay? And then the people who don't make me feel good are removed or our relationship is resituated. The time we spend, how much we see each other, etc. 
takes a lot of work and a lot of conversations. But, it, hey, hey, look, prioritize yourself. Um, and then, boom, your needs, your goals, desires, sexual desires, and experiences. Those should be priorities. And the reason why we say sexual desires is because this is a sex talk. So don't get it Y'all know how I feel about prioritizing your sexual, legal sexual desires. Make it happen. I promise you, y'all, you prioritize your sexual legal desires. Change your life. Um, and don't gaslight yourself into thinking your goals, needs, and desires don't are not important. And if you are gaslighting yourself, you see see a therapist and talk to the people who you know will uplift and pour into you and validate you. If you first of all, if you know that you're gaslighting yourself, you're on a good path. Okay, you can identify it. You can identify the way that you're harming yourself. Okay, so identify it and then correct it. It takes work. Keep doing you because you're here now. Okay, um, advocate for yourself to yourself. Like I said, your desire. Uh, advocate for yourself to yourself you deserve positive experiences and you deserve to treat yourself with respect don't forget that boundaries okay what are your boundaries why are these boundaries important to you how will you how will you go about establishing them for yourself if your boundaries are violated or your needs are not being met what are you willing to do to change that I want you guys to ask yourself these questions. I ask myself these questions often. I don't practice what I don't preach. I don't practice. I don't not practice what I preach. Okay. So uh, keep those things in mind. And then boundaries are a form of self-respect, self-preservation and intimacy. It really breaks my heart when my friends come around me and they're tired because their boundaries aren't being um, honored. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's making me sad for you. But as a friend, I got to hold space for you to stick up for yourself, advocate for yourself. Got to partner with you and have your back so you can stick up for you too. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa. I know that it hurts people when they see me not honoring my boundaries. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, then I got to align myself and create power within me, within me and my friends while they help me advocate for myself. Get people around you who are going to help you stick up for yourself. Okay, and advocate for yourself and respect yourself. Um, it is an opportunity. Boundaries are an opportunity to advocate for yourself, stand your ground, stick up for yourself, and be willing to remove yourself from situations that do not serve, serve, uplift, or center yourself. Okay, like I said, those who mind don't matter, and those who matter don't mind. And my last but not last but not least, my last uh suggestion is deepen your spiritual practice when it comes to work. When it comes to deconstructing Christianity, deconstructing racism, deconstructing um, toxic family systems, going to therapy, um, when it comes to that real deep-rooted hard work, I don't care what it is. When it comes to traveling, when it comes to anything that takes you outside of your comfort zone, I am a firm believer in deepening your spiritual practice. Spiritual practice, not meaning religious, the absolute opposite. But we are whole human beings and we need to treat ourselves as such. And a part of our holistic being is being spiritual. Spirituality is a part of our being. We have souls. We have energy essence. We have, uh, we have intuition. We have divine order inside of us. Get right with your divine order. You know, 
You don't have to, you don't have to pick up the Quran. You don't have to pick up the Bible. You don't have to pick up, you know, whatever it is, a religious text to get deepened in your spiritual practice. Now, if you, if you gravitate to those things, perfect, but a way, a great way, basic way to start deepening your spiritual practice, be still, clear your thoughts, breathe. Okay. Pray to a higher power. If you're into that or, uh, or affirm yourself or do both all, all of those things, whatever. But affirm some, af- some people are, uh, believe in affirmations. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am rich. I am that bitch. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get the bag and I'm not going to take your shit. Shout out to Flo Millie. And some people believe in pray, dear God, the universe, everything that's divine. I need your help on this today. Partner with me, join me, guide me, speak through me, you know, um, tap into your divinity. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's our conversation. That concludes our conversation about non-sexual intimacy. I want to say thank you for everybody for being here um, and joining me in season five. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to chop it up with us and drop your suggestions, drop your comments, email us, let us know what's the tea. If you have any questions or you want to keep the conversation going, like I said, I'm going to put a post up, um, about, uh, some of the things that we've talked about today. And I want you guys to drop your comments and let me know what you think about, um, non-sexual intimacy, how you're going to go about building. What's your non-sexual intimacy plan? How are you going to, uh, establish and build intimacy with yourself and others? Uh, you know, and where, you know, keep me posted and share, share your practices. If you heard a practice, if you, if you practice a practice that was not heard today, share that because I'm always looking to learn new things and I'm sure other people are too. Who knows you, your comment, your suggestion might inspire others to deepen their practice of intimacy, self-love, self-worth, boundaries, et cetera, et cetera. Like I said, the conversation doesn't stop here. Feel free to continue to support the sex talk. I love and appreciate y'all. Donate TST TV 143 on Cash Up and Venmo. Reach out. Don't be afraid. I'm proud of y'all. Okay. 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 I'm going to go now. TTYO. Bye.